boys, and welcome, welcome, everybody, to episode 40 of the Chiluminati podcast. This is in a, in a week, I think, or a week and a half. It's our two-year anniversary. It's our second birthday. Wow, We're 400 episodes. Can you believe that? Four, uh, 400 that episodes crazy. in two years. That is so many. Right, but only people who are part of the deep state Illuminati get the other 160 episodes. Yeah, We're so exactly. sorry. Well, of course. We're this so is sorry. how it works. The other and it's a, it's a hefty price. Yeah. Wait, are we talking? Are we talking? 360. There's a whole other two. There's a whole other 200. But that's just that's just for that's for tall whites the only. Spectral yeah, plane. That's for tall whites only. They only yeah, they can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's like multiple tiers. It's like a Patreon. There are many. Did you guys tiers. see? I know you saw Jesse. Did you see Alex? The art the art depictions of Nordics. Oh, I saw them. <laughs> that is they like look a classic. Like people, all right. I had to they, say exactly. that I They're was like 18. seven foot tall. Yeah, I just say yes. <laughs> I am eighteen. <laughs> Please proceed. That's what Please I said. Please proceed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, I'm glad you're in a UFO mindset, gentlemen, uh, because for a long while people what? have been asking. Wait, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> no, 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 no. Are we getting a whole episode where it's just like let's talk about white people in spaceships? Jesse, this <laughs> one. Jesse, this weirdly one's real. yes, but in a different context. <laughs> Not real. Jesse, this Whatever you're real. about to say, it's not real. Just, just imagine. Okay, this one. Let's see. Let's find out. Let's, we'll find out if it's I, real. Let me just say, if you're of the age and you're oh, in a place where it is legal, God. and you have, uh, you know, it, this might be one of those episodes where you might enjoy a lot. Get a pet. You just have some, su- some substances to, to open your mind a little. You know what I'm you're saying? Say get a enjoy ferret? yourself. Get a pet ferret. Yeah, if you're and, in one of the states uh, where it's legal. Get get a mongoose. Yeah. Nate Je- uh, Bye, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse's going to get his ferret. I, I assume. I hope he didn't uh, just leave the show. We have well, th- we have a webcam. Jesse's Jesse's webcam setup. He looks like he's like in like NPR studios in Washington. Yeah, he really does. Well, if it's just you and me, the problem is it's just you and me. We're just gonna we're gonna go down the rabbit hole too deeply. I'm and we're never gonna come I'm out. Ready, dude? I'm half rabbit. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm part rabbit. That's true. The amount of, of burrows you dug on the internet the past few months have been wild, and I can't imagine where you are in your current project. I, dude, I've watched so many things. Okay, there's like a genre, there's like a production level. Like, you know how people used to say, like, okay, there's like AAA and there's like indie filmmaking. And like, there's like yeah. either $150 million for your movie or there's like $10 million for their movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The internet, or if you're paranormal, yeah. you're like paranormal activity is like 50 grand. The internet has messed that up. The, oh, he's he returns. He, he's returned. He's returned. If Welcome you're back. Let me sit through this. <laughs> I'm gonna eat Lindy's lemon ice. Yeah, <laughs> homemade what? lemon ice. I'm gonna sit here. I'm not gonna say a damn word. No, I need you to say a damn word because it's gonna be important. I need you. No, no, I need the back and forth. I'm not gonna say a word. I'm just gonna sit here and let you Dude, talk. You're gonna say clearly. Something. I'm not high enough for this. <laughs> I'm not stoned at all. I need to host this. You're gonna thing. say something like. Oh my gosh, mm. really? Tell me more. That's what you're going to say. It's fine. It's yeah, fine. Yeah, and I'll say, ooh, this lemon ice is only 100 calories and it's delicious. <laughs> are we getting a kickback for this? Is this like, are you <laughs> like, right? I wish we are you were. Just, are you like soft? Is this like a backdoor brand deal? Listen, uh, I'm if down. they'll send me more, it'd be great. Yeah. Yeah, I'm down. <laughs> just send Pick us some Pick it up at your ice. local pavilions. What? Or bonds. <laughs> what All right. alien are we talking about? It's been about a while. Today? It's been a while, so let's just. I'm gonna jump in. I've been working on this thing for like a week now. The script is done. We're jumping in. I'm so excited. Creatures, boys, are you are you ready? Outer space. Are you ready to return to the world of not science ready. fiction, not secret government human sacrifice groups who may or may not be participating in secret orgies in room three two three or whatever None of it was. This is real, by the way. <laughs> this start is not real. <laughs> Not jailbait assassins that go around the world murdering important political figures, Dude, that was so but the world of fact and truth. Which are basically the same thing, actually. Now that I kind fact of and truth, it. yeah, it's kind of Dude, the same thing. That's a big question. That's a that's actually that's actually <laughs> the whole deep. episode. Yeah. <laughs> As I said, I hope you came prepared with your uh, herbals and or others. You might need it. See, in my eternal mission to continue covering what I consider the basics of aliens, which you know, the more I work on it and the more I look at it, it seems to be a never-ending tunnel, and it just won't ever end. There's no such thing as just the basics. Today, we're going to dive back into such a world. Just as greys are similarly attached as a common thread in most abduction scenarios, saucer-shaped ships being the most common among UFO sightings, so too is there a common thread that follows such events. 
most commonly following UFO events particularly, but other events with uh, encounters with extraterrestrials and the rare occasion during abductions. Uh, this is, again, most of the time for UFOs. It's usually an encounter with another person or creature, depending on who you ask. Do we know what I'm talking about yet, boys? I'm like, nope. Uh, this could be any this could be any interaction at this point like <laughs> i mean i'm 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 ready for anything okay I'm... this person and or creature go ahead do you have a do you have a guess did you were you on the verge of a guess i apologize i feel like i cut you no, off no there. i'm not i'm i'm like right. like what you've said so far i'm like this could literally be any oh men okay. black they always show up to sh warn them to keep their mouths bam, bam, shut bam, about bam, everything bam, they bam, saw bam, or interacted bam, with. And if they don't, it might lead to unfortunate, to potentially lethal consequences. We are, of course, black. talking about nothing other than the men in black. Yeah. To the men in black. The good guys <laughs> dressed in black and they're eight feet tall and they're bald and they got red lips. What? We are talking about. The men in black today. What was originally also just going to be a one-off is now a multi-parter because there's a lot here that we have to dig into if we're going to make sense of what exactly the men in black are. Can I make one? Other than, of course. Can I make another guess? <laughs> is it the alien that from the beginning of the movie is like has one voice but inexplicably in the music video for the song Men in Black goes, Nailed it. <laughs> you are pulling on a memory I no longer have. Somebody's gonna, that's gonna land super good with somebody. <laughs> it landed there. for me because I've always thought that was weird. Yeah. Because <laughs> the music video, the music video came out before the movie. That's what I'm saying. So my initial assumption was that <laughs> was that guy was gonna be like. to be a woman. Yeah. I was <laughs> yes. right there with you. Thank you. Oh, Same bank. One mystery yeah. solved already. One Men in Black we, related we, mystery solved already. We are tearing this apart. We're only seven well, minutes in and we've already it, solved the wild. Un unprecedented progress is being made right yeah. now. Yeah, this progress brought to you by Lindy's, Lindy's Homemade <laughs> Italian Ice. Sponsor us. It's delicious. Let's go. So other than being a hit 1997 film starring Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones as Agent J and K, yeah. which was inspired by the comic from 1990, which was inspired by true supposedly stories of men in black encounters, just exactly what the men in black actually are is still up for debate but there's a few things that tend to be common that run through all of the encounters, as well as a few theories that sit at the top as the more prominent or accepted theories as to what they are. But first, what are the Men in Black and when did these sightings start showing up? Well, the Men in Black are most commonly thought to be people that either work for the government or some other secret organization directly related to the UFO and alien phenomena around the world. A typical MIB story goes a little something like the following. A man, out on a, uh, a man out on a patrol boat with his friend see a group of six UFOs zip across the sky. One of them ends up stopping just to dump something that looks like a hot liquid down into the water and spilling onto his boat, killing his dog and injuring him. Is this a real story? The days following... Wait, we'll get, wait, well, we'll get to it. We'll wait, get to this. We'll get to wait, this. We'll whoa, get to this. No, 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 no. Whoa, you said you were going to listen. Whoa, now you're going to be a good boy. Whoa, and you're you're telling me these aliens pulled alongside this boat. <laughs> Took a hot shit. Listen, we're starting. We are starting. <laughs> this guy's dog with we the are, hot liquid. <laughs> you can think of it like this. We're starting with the 1997 movie and peeling back the layers to find where the root cause of all you were of like, this is. You were like, these, these things kind of go like this. And then I'm like, I was with you. You were like, there's people. They're seeing aliens. And then I'm like. Then you're like, and then the alien had a, did a big space diarrhea on the boat, and that which was so hot that it killed a dog. And I'm like, what? I've never heard that detail before. I must have missed that in all the M MIB stories. <laughs> so you can see why I was just a little confused. They're just flipping. The aliens are zipping over the fucking ocean. They're like, there's one. There's one. Stop. 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 Mm -hmm. I really gotta fucking go. Got him. Got him. Got him. Got him. Go. 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 Pull over, Glorcron. <laughs> Glorcron, pull the fuck over! I don't give a shit what's down there! They took their hot liquids and it got all over his boat and wait, killed wait, his dog. Okay, wait. That is not so it was a like normal a, It was a basically like a white hot molten-esque liquid that oh, was dumped that. from the ship. Don't say it's white hot molten liquid. Don't do that. You don't know. When you try to impregnate, maybe at first you don't know the scale. 
You know what I mean? Maybe you don't know what the where the reproductive just, organs are. They just drown this poor dog in a white hot cum. Yeah. And it just okay, died okay. instantly. Real quick, before we move on, just answer my question. Is this Have you ever drowned is this a dog actually in... typical of many situations, or are we talking about one specific account? Okay. The 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 following the, the following men in black encounter okay. is what's typical okay. of the men in black encounter. Okay. The setup is important for the next I was just here. like, oh my god. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm with you. I'm here. So, I was here. I was yeah. like, "Wow, they really have an mo." Yeah. <laughs> the, the days. So the days following the event, the man begins to get phone calls. <laughs> On the other end of that phone call could be silence, robotic-sounding garbles, or high-pitched whirs or screeching. Oh, usually followed awful. by then silence and then nothing. That's the Mothman making political phone calls. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Just puts it down. <laughs> Well, funnily enough, the Mothman's going to come into this Get just temporarily and briefly. I can't wait to meet him. <laughs> no, no, no. Just hang tight. Temporarily? Uh, then... He's not by. He's, he's like one of them. He's one of them. One day, but like, a not man really. black came to the door, and then he took off his mask, and it was the Mothman! Well, the, uh, actually, like, there there are theories out there that the Mothman might be related in some fashion to the, the, the suspected race that they believe right. maybe yeah. the men in black are. Now that you mention but, it, like, yeah, like, that's one of, like, that's one of, like, the lower accepted theories out there. More on and the that one that's, like, cold, given a lot of credence. Like, on the Indrid Cold side, maybe, like, that kind of weird. Yeah, even maybe even a little lower than the Indrid Cold. Like, it's even less than, it wouldn't, I, I don't put any stock in well, it. Well, I'm sure you're about to say this, but people always described Indrid Cold as kind of, like, sickly skin, like, with, like, red. <laughs> Yeah. Lips. Oh, oh, you mean like physically? Yeah. That's yes, 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 yes. Indrid cold is uh, that's why. Yeah, that's where kind of like the root of the theory even comes from. So, because Lindrid cold is already so loosely tied to the Mothman in the first place that I don't even I know if I would even buy together, that. Together, but it always seems like just another UFO encounter to me. Yeah, that's exactly what it sounds yeah. like. Which again, we could. I mean, the moth people could just be an alien species. Who effing knows? Anyway, uh, beyond the uh, the phone calls. Uh, you would then also sometimes smell kind of uh, like a rotten smell, almost a smell of sulfur. Um, and then a few days later, a man or multiple men in dark suits would come knocking on your door. It's like in your house? They usually... Sulfur? Yeah, they show up at your house. Oh, yeah, the sulfur in your house. We're going to talk about that, too. Um, but, yeah, you can... Not not all encounters, but some encounters have uh, have that running Their through musk it. musk gets on you. What, exact, what, exactly, the men in black musk. And so like when the men in black show up, they usually sound funny with the inflection in their speech just being kind of at the wrong time or in the wrong part of the word. Their lips seem to either be non-present at all or barely there or thin or in some stories drawn on. Uh, drawn on they to ask for what? water. Drawn on to like where the, the there's a mouth, oh, okay. but there's no okay. lips. So they just draw lips I on. Um, lacking eyebrows as well. Typically very pale looking. Uh Sometimes they even ask for water and we'll leave it, not drink any of it, just kind of like letting it sit there while po politely telling you all the while while they're in your house in this awkward manner that whatever sighting or encounter or whatever it is you just had uh, to s never speak about it openly, never tell anyone about it or some rather dangerous consequences could occur. They Thereafter, they typically leave and there's also reports of them specifically smelling of old eggs or like sulfur. Like on their body, like actually like, yeah, they they themselves yeah. carry that smell oh so maybe like earlier they're like getting spied on or like maybe that's their gaseous form yeah <laughs> that's they're just putting around their stank around actually, them. a real question i have is like what about like credentials do they like say do they have a story uh in some of them they 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 just say that they like flash a badge but it's not anything familiar it's not like they say they're with the fbi uh, their whatever organization they belong with is kind of kept vague or not spoken about, at least in the stories that I read. Do you think people imply when they tell the stories? Like, I I read a lot of stories about the Men in Black over the years, right? Like, I, I've seen like have you, I'm assuming you've seen the camera footage of the the, the, the Men two in Black. guys the two? that go in, yeah, yeah, the two guys that walk in Dude, and out. I mean, it could be like full devil's advocate. It could be like two tall dudes in suits. Of course, absolutely, like, and that's. It, I mean, it's very pretty true. weird, and the fact that there is like evidence around it. But the thing that I'm getting at is like, do you think when people share these accounts and these stories that they are implying that it is an alien creature that is pretending to be from the government, or that they are implying more like a reptilian angle type thing where they're like, there are monsters who work for the government that like come after you. 
so that's when we get to the theory part, which will be in part two, all of those, <laughs> like there are tons of theories that they believe that they're extraterrestrials working for the government or some secret global organization, or that they aren't any of that. And they're simply there to try and control whatever it is they're trying to control or that they're created as a hybrid species between aliens and the government. Yeah. All that stuff we'll talk about. It's uh, it's it's later on, but yeah, they're they're like all of those are highly accepted, if not heavily debated, theories when we talk about men the in black. Lore is if not you believe settled, they exist at all, basically. yeah, no, it's definitely not settled at I see. all. Okay. Um, so it's a, at that point, giving you that, that, that's where in my head, you know, as I was writing the script, that's where I heard Jesse say, "This is all interesting, but it's all fucking nonsense." I was going to say something, but I'm being quiet because I'm waiting. And also, <laughs> eating Lindy's homemade Italian ice, it's still delicious. <laughs> what? Well, my response, should Jesse had said that to me, was going to be, honestly, you're right. Kind of maybe, a little bit. It so I mean, yeah, it sounds very, like, nebulous specific. Like, even yes. more so than, like, alien encounters. These, yes. these, like, just seem, like, very hard to find as, like, consistent encounters if you know what i mean they they're very yeah they're very inconsistent and that uh one of the i mean they, we'll we'll talk about it. i'm kind of jumping ahead of myself let's just stick where yeah, we're yeah, at yeah. so uh while reports of encountering the men in black still occur today very rarely though but we you know as, as we were talking about there's like weird video evidence that may or may not be what we believe it is or could just be uh, tall people who fucking it's knows. at least worth watching um, for a scare if you look it up it's i mean if you look absolutely. up men in black footage it's pretty good it's very it's, satisfying it's, yeah it's very interesting footage regardless i think it's worth watching um but the mib they they weren't ever first truly publicly mentioned until 1956 in a book called they know too much about ufos written by gary barker now if that name rings a bell it's because he was brought up very briefly and tangentially uh, earlier in our Mothman episodes because he's the same author for one of the books that we ended up using as uh, as research, 1970s The Silver Bridge, oh, really? which was the first book, yeah, which was the first book to link Point Pleasant disaster with the supposed Mothman. Uh, and the story above is one experienced, again, supposedly by the author Barker. But like a was, personal account? Yes, that was he considered a personal account that he was on a boat, that he was there. All that stuff happened to him. Um, but at some point later down down the line, most of that was disproven. It's hard to disprove. You don't say. <laughs> you don't say. We're going to again, we're going back. We're going back in layers. This is not the stop as to where the root of this all comes from. It's just that's the first time Men in Black had actually been written about in a book. So do you actually have these uh, Gary Barker books? Uh, uh, no, I do not have them. I borrowed the, I borrowed one book from one of my researchers. She has access to a library and I just didn't, oh, awesome. I didn't read the other one. Are they, yeah, are yeah. they like 600 pages they're, they're, or are they so, like 90 pages? Uh, the first, the first one, the one written about uh, the UFOs, they know too much is, uh, was published by Universal Booking thing. It was like 150, it's like it's the 100, 150 page mark. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty quick. But, uh, and then the second one was published. The, pu the second book written about UFOs that we're going to talk about here was actually self-published by him. Um, what are we? I just Sorry, got this text message from Alex. Sorry, I'm in the back. Yeah, I sent that about. Look at the time. I sent that about 25 minutes. Look at the time. Oh, Look I literally the got it there. right now. I just uh, got the same text now. Are you the real Alex? What do you? What do you mean? Wings just burst from his back and he just flaps out. I his just screen. looked over. I saw the time and <laughs> the time that it is right now. I got a text message from you that says I'm in the bathroom. Look and here you are. I'm letting you know this would be a coast to coast AM keep, call. Yeah. Keep I, like, in I was mind. talking to him, George, but he was in the bathroom. Then, Jesse, not to creep you out any further, but before we started recording, keep in mind he did turn his camera off and camera off and walk away. That's true. You're right. Oh my god, you're so That's right. That's true. And he did. So who knows? I walked away too. But you came for back. Lindy's homemade yeah. Italian ice. <laughs> and I walked right back after I saw that sweet, sweet Italian ice. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on. What, so while the story above is one experienced and, and certainly uh, fake by most accounts, one only really needs to dig slightly deeper to see that, yes, while Barker certainly produced the first modern publicly available experience written about the MIB from what you would consider, I guess, mass consumption, it was not Barker's story that was a string of importance here. While he, what he wrote was fiction, 
what uh, the experience with the <clears throat> with the men in black was inspired by a story he had read earlier. Wait, 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 we'll wait, 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 because why? Most of what he wrote in the in the book in the seventies as well is mostly disproven. Okay, just want that out there. Yep. No, no, no. It's fine. Because remember, the main book that we used was uh, Keel's book, if I remember correctly. It was written in the nineties, where that's where we that's learned like about famous, all those avian like sightings famous, that's and the, the Mothman prophecies. That's like the famous yeah. That's book. where the Mothman prophecies came from. That was like the main focus of that. So, as I said, it was just kind of that detail he took. Much like he did in the Mothman book, Barker was much more interested in the drama, flair, and money to be had. In fact, in private, it was said that Barker was a massive skeptic and that he wrote all these books simply for how much they sold and the cash to be made, writing in one letter and notating them, calling his own works those kooky books. That seems fun, man. Right? I mean, it's shitty in a way, like... Those kooky, crazy books, man. Just like, I mean, like, writing fake shit is, like, no good. It's scummy a little bit, but, like... It would be so well. Awesome. He gets, he gets a little scummier, and that's uh. Well, well, like I said, all of that stuff is correct, and he's you know he uh he made up all that other stuff. He was also known to participate in hoaxes as well to fool the enthusiast use UFO uh people who were also buying his books at the end of the day. Just to fuck so with them. Just yeah, just to fuck with them. No reason. He didn't do anything. He didn't write about it. Nothing. He just got involved in hoaxes to laugh at the people who were buying his books. All right, well, great start to the history of the Men in Black. It's yeah, all no. hoaxes. However, but it's not Barker that we care about here. We do not care about Barker, though it's important we kind of play that lay that layer, layer over first. it. Correct. Well, technically. But the well, man well, So what next... you're telling me is the first, the technical first person was He's the one lies, that put... and then other people he... were like, no, but it's true. How no, come no, those no, people no. are just loopy? Because he, <laughs> no, he no, based no. it off something that he already heard. Yes, yeah. he based it off somebody who, who didn't even want to come forward. And uh, his second book, after bugging him for three years, he was able finally to get this guy to come forward and write his book, uh, to do this book with him. And the book was then called Fly, Flying Saucers and the Three Men. And that book was about none other than Albert K. Bender, which is the most of the focus here of the rest of the episode. And if you know about the men in black... I feel like this guy is probably the guy, like, if you know a name in this story, it's probably his. He is, uh, like, much like I keep talking about the basics, the more you, you start looking at the men in black, the more imperative is it is you know about him before you start researching because of, of if you want to even put any weight into what he says or not. Yeah. Because this is where the men in black truly originated. Three years prior to Barker's 56th book in 1953, Bender closed down his nerd organization that I so lovingly call it for now after only keeping it open for about one straight year. Bender, like us, and I mean us, the three of us, and presumably all those listening, was very interested in the paranormal and the unknown, particularly <laughs> nerd. <laughs> nerd, particularly UFOs and cryptids around this time. In 1952, he began his little nerd organization by simply collecting stories and information on the Flatwoods Monster and UFO encounters in the Bra in Braxton County, West Virginia. But about a year later, he suddenly stopped. And when he was asked why, he simply said he was told not to continue by, I quote, quote, a higher source, end quote. And that's where he would always leave it if anybody ever brought it up. Now, to make an exceptionally long story slightly shorter before we deal a little bit more of his past life, Bender claims that three oddly tall men in black suits who arrived in a black vehicle uh, parked across the street from his home. Though they initially looked human, upon closer inspection as he interacted with them, they had all the telltale signs of what would become known as the men in black of legend and, of course, the inspiration for Barker's book in 1956. Pale skin, lack of lips, but uh, when these MIB communicated with Bender, it wasn't through vocal usage like a lot of stories are, but it was telepathically. While at the end of the conversation, handing him a metal disc with instructions. Following that encounter were, was uh, days of vomiting, migraines, and generally ill health. The event shocked Bender so much that he refused to even speak about it publicly until Barker eventually got him to tell him a little bit about the story and which was the inspiration for his 56 book and then eventually the whole story for his book thereafter which is wild cuz that's kind of similar to like a lot of the people's experiences 
out there with you, Adrian Cole. A lot of aliens. Well, yeah. Yeah, Men in Black aliens, they usually have the experience, and then they never effing want to talk about it because it was traumatic. And then someone comes digging and digging and digging, and eventually they kind of well, get Well, I mean, it. even the specifics of, like, meeting this guy. The guy doesn't actually speak, but he, like, speaks into your mind. Yes. He kind of seems weird. He, like, makes you feel sick. Like, you know, like, I, that's pretty – I mean, that could be the same type of encounter. I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, there's other ones like that. Um, but for that all set up, the, the, the question in all this, the root of the MIB myth is is all hinging right here and simply on the question of, all right, so then who is Albert Bender? While some people might jump at the chance to tear his life apart and look for all the times that he's lied, created fantastical stories, and do all these things that would gather him attention, unfortunately, at the end of the day, Albert Bender is kind of boring, if slightly eccentric. And clearly a nerd. His past is simple. He was born on June 16th in 1921, lived a relatively normal life. He served in the Air Force during World War II as a dental technician. Hell yeah. Afterward, yeah, <laughs> sweet, he's a dental technician. Afterward, he then moved to Bridgeport, Virginia with his mother and stepfather into his stepfather's house, where in 1953, the encounter of the Men in Black would change his life from it forever, right on 784 Broad Street. And he didn't even have any sort of encounter himself until these guys were like, stop looking this shit up. He he actually, technically, the men in black were the only encounter he had. Right. He didn't have a UFO encounter. Yeah, he never had He any... didn't have an alien encounter, any of that stuff. It's what he did that supposedly is spurred on the encounter with the men in black that is equally interesting, if if which we'll talk about why, and kind of hilarious, which we'll also talk okay. about. That's an odd At word. the time, though, yeah. during during the, the early 50s, uh, Albert was working as chief timekeeper at Acme Shear Company, the world's largest scissor manufacturer. To maybe go along with that cartoonish idea, Bender, either with the weirdest, nerdiest, dorkiest sense of humor or a bizarre passion, would... <laughs> <laughs> he filled his living area, which was in the attic at the time, with 20 clocks that chimed every 15 minutes, 30 minutes, or every hour. It was a house and room filled with constant bings, bongs, and chimes, and I just cannot imagine living there. That was his whole house was just like the clock hell? No, he, so he lived with his parents in his stepfather's home. In the attic. And he chose to make the entire he, attic into like a hellish correct. clock nightmare. A hellish clock nightmare of, of chiming clocks constantly as chief timekeeper of Acme Shear Corporation. So which this guy is like a Dr. Seuss protagonist. He's like the villain of a Dr. <laughs> Seuss story where he's going to learn a oh, lesson at but, the end. But Alex, he only gets even weirder as we go on. See, after all of that, and that lasted some time. Right around the early 50s, 52, 53, right when we're talking about all these things, he changed his collection. The clocks eventually slowly disappeared, and replacing those clocks were, were more occult-like stuff in his collections, such as fake skulls, witchcraft, a bizarre original art that he supposedly made that I could not find a picture of very easily in my, in my quick search for uh, his art, and apparently shrunken what heads were all part we of his about? collection. I imagine paintings. I gotta get a look at the. I bet you it's like a tunnel of clocks. I bet you he. I bet you he like invented the opening of the Twilight Zone just from his like personal life. <laughs> so, not only did he transform his attic, <laughs> it gets worse. Not only did he transform How old is his he at this attic. Time? Oh God, he was born in 1921, and we're looking at the 1950. Oh, so he's a millennial. So yeah, got it. Yeah, he's he's 30, 30 in his early got 30s it. at this point. Find a bunch of <laughs> so, weird old shit, putting it on his parents' walls. Yep, got it. <laughs> but when he had company come over, he would love to bring them into the room, and <laughs> he would have he would he would enhance the atmosphere, and I put enhance in air quotes with his record player having it play the sounds of thunder, sobbing, cries, and general horror noises as the person entered his, as he called it, chamber of horrors. What? Okay. <clears throat> so he's just literally like an enthusiast. 
He is a hyper he's enthusiast like, about yeah, whatever he's into at the he time. He just like read like the House of Usher and he just like got into it super hard. And he's like the equivalent of like a Nightmare Before Christmas fan. I think Jesse's going down the, the research hole. I'm trying to find art. I'm trying to find uh, art. I don't I'm think like, you're, good luck, dude. I couldn't find anything. Yeah. Look, here, here's the other day, just to show you that I'll eventually find it. The other day I was like, what happened to Bob Ross's paintings. Like, I would love to know. Where did they know. go? Weren't they all sold off? Yeah, like, maybe I want to own a Bob Ross one day. Uh, apparently, there's a Bob Ross foundation or some nonsense, and everything's there. They will never sell them, and there are thousands of paintings, and they're all in this warehouse, and I'm like, what a waste. Yeah, that's what a waste. What a waste. So, I, I'll well, find I'm... it. Give me a sec. I'll find this. It's all good. But I, mean, I just, like... Imagine, I imagine Jesse, like Jesse, this Albert, for some reason, you're going to hang out with Albert, Albert Bender. He yeah. brings you into his room of horrors. And as he plays, he's got this like shit eating grin on his face as he steps back and he does something quietly. And suddenly you're just in this, you hear thunder and crying. And he's just standing by the side and being like, you like, like it? Close your eyes before you is a bowl <laughs> of worms and eyeballs. Put your hands inside. <laughs> Tomato sauce and gummy worms. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, dude. I love it. So, unsurprisingly, at this time, he was very heavily interested in the paranormal, particularly witchcrafts and ghosts. But even more unsurprisingly, he was also being swept up in the UFO fever that was sweeping across the U.S. in the 50s at the time. And in 1952, that particular nerd organization was created, and it was dubbed the International Flying Saucer Bureau, or the IFSB for short where CEO of Eastern Airlines and World War I flyer Eddie Rickenbacker joined as an honorary member. Einstein was also invited, but politely declined. He was like, no, was thank up. you, nerds. <laughs> Within the first year, it reached over 600 people, or should I say rather, it, over 600 people became members by reaching out through the quarterly journal Space Review. And he, Bender, was president. Where his best buddy, fuck, uh, I can't remember his name, was like the vice president. It was just like his best friend who also worked at Acme right. became, yeah. was like the vice yeah. president. So it was like just a nerd club who gained itself a little legitimacy by getting like a military guy to join. But, oh, no, what is this? I don't know that these count as art, but there are two things he did draw. There you go. That, that's the kind of, oh, my God, that's so creepy. It's such a shitty, it's like a UFO. <laughs> it looks like it looks like the Mount Chiliad mystery like it really <laughs> it's a man i think it's a man with a cowboy hat on i don't yeah the second one's far worse the no first one that might is be bizarre. a man in black because the fedora the uh the the suit with the tie well whatever it is they both are terrifying oh, well what's the second I one hang them. on you guys gotta see the second yeah, the one. first one is this ufo with like a flashlight oh, I, didn't oh, oh, oh I, was, I only clicked on the second picture shit i didn't even see the first one. Oh yeah, yeah yeah see okay so that flashlight Fits very, very well with the uh, the hourglass the neuralizer the that they use in Men in Black. <laughs> it's also similar to the shape of the injured cold spaceship. Apparently, that, that's that true. the hourglass, the uh, the lantern rather shaped uh, spacecraft, which is also not not just seen here in this painting, but it's actually like a relatively common shape that people see out in out in the I wild. I wonder if the Green Lantern was like inspired by that in some way. God, he looks like a nerd, doesn't he? The Green Lantern, like, yeah, he, good I for mean, him. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, what a nerd. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, it is very Green Lantern. Like it is, it does look like the Green Lantern lantern. Yeah. Uh. He. I mean, he has the vibe. Like honestly, I thought this vibe. guy was weird right. at first, but I like. I think I get it. Like this guy didn't have the internet or anything. You know what I mean? Like. No. Yeah. If, if he had the internet, he probably would have been a he's happy. Like a, dude. This is. I think I get it. This is like the equivalent of like literally like a podcaster. <laughs> like you're right. Like he's us. Like. Yeah. I mean, he. How's the best place to best way to reach out to people who was interested in at the time specifically something so niche? Magazine club. Like, like yeah, that's the best. That's the best you like, got. And I, he, yeah, I was gonna make fun of him for having the clocks all over his walls, and then I realized that in my living room I have a pink neon light that says "That's tight." <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, you actually yeah. do, and it's but great. that's what I mean. Like it's, so it's just as nerdy. It's just as like self indulgent, yeah. right? Like you know what I mean? He's just doing the yeah. same thing. He's just being like, an like a like a dark child he's just you know exactly yeah yeah into the weird nerdy stuff and you can see you can see the kind of pride on his face in his pictures man he loves that shit good for him good for you good for you dude good good job albert bender yeah. 
They didn't have Rotten.com so, back then. Like, was he? No, do no, it? they did not. Which is probably better for their for mental him, health. For him, for sure, yeah. <laughs> so it was through this group of 600 members that he was then able to go from collecting local stories to starting to collect stories from all over the country uh, and, uh, and start to, to piece together and really start filing away these encounters with UFOs that people supposedly were seeing and all this other stuff. Now, granted, anybody could write anything in the, in the encounters he was getting. There's no way to verify any of it as fact, fiction, or whatnot, only that it was getting a lot, and it was interesting enough for him to keep it around. Fairly popular, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Uh, but there was one more thing Mr. Bender was super freaking into at the time, and this isn't, you know, something bizarre. Well, it's kind of bizarre, but it isn't, like, even weirder than the things we've talked about. He was super into telepathy at the time. He was very, very heavily into the idea of telepathy. I gotta say, it tracks. You know what I mean? Like, it's very much in the same wheelhouse. <laughs> you can see it all coming together. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, there's a point in time where I was reading all about, I think we talked about it, Seth and, like, out-of-body experiences. And yeah. I was ready to to buy any, like, junk somebody was selling me because I was young and it was exciting. Or that kid who, like, tried to go Super Saiyan. Uh, yeah, you know exactly. what I mean. Like it's the same thing. <laughs> yeah, true. Come on, we. Yeah, I've got. I tried to go Super Saiyan so many. You got times. to at least once so in many your times. life. Yeah, so you check to make sure you still have a, like a like a functioning heart. Yeah, right. Exactly. Ah! And, <laughs> yeah, and you and well, you're alive and you feel good, but you're not a Super Saiyan. But it's okay. You tried. Yeah. Or like when you put your hand up at the grocery store to open the door with the force. Yeah, yeah, you got to see if you've got the force. And sometimes if you're like trying to move a piece of paper, because you got to start light with telepathy. Yeah. You can't start with heavy objects. And then you just, you're breathing really hard. So you maybe kind of hoping your breath catches it and you just kind of convince yourself you blew the piece yeah. of paper like an inch and you get really excited. I had this buddy on a, <laughs> way back in the forum days, I had this buddy who was super in, buddy. There's a dude I knew over the forums. I don't even know what he looked like, but yeah. he, uh. He desperately told, was trying to convince everybody that he was truly telepathic and he could go and add about it about experiences and come communicate with you in your dreams. And the amount of times I tried to set this up with him and he just couldn't do it. And it was just very disappointing. I was very ready. I was I, very ready for I someone to visit me. It. It's almost like he was lying. It's all. It's almost, the point is, almost like he the was point lying. Is, Albert Bender is all of us. He's not crazy. Albert Bender would have been one of my yeah, buddies. That's what, I don't know. He sounds crazy. He well, sounds crazy. Albert Bender is not me. Albert really? Bender sounds like a dude who is <laughs> dipping his toe in but, everything but Jesse, and then claiming Jesse, he's seen stuff like every other person. Jesse, if I cut my hair really short, it. if I cut my hair really short and shave my beard, I could pass as like an old Albert Bender kind of boring ass looking dude. You You're could, already friends with an Albert Bender. You Don't are say all of us. <laughs> say a portion of a us. portion. A portion. I'm saying me. I already am your Albert you're the, Bender. You're dude, Albert Bender's late. bully. You're, you're, you <laughs> yeah. took Albert Bender's lunch money at the, at, the, at, the, at the boys' school. I just wanted him to show me his telepathy, and he couldn't. So I took and he his couldn't. You were like, "Stop me from well, taking your lunch money with your mind, Albert. Come on, why don't you fucking so, show me how to use, show me your powers? Why don't you stop me? I'm not gonna lie, I would do that. I'd be like, "Come on, Albert. Yeah, make my head explode, Albert. Come on, Albert. Or give me your five, your five dollars are disappearing, Albert. Oh, yeah, oh." Maybe tomorrow, yeah, Albert. Five dollars. He wasn't a millionaire. He was like five cents. <laughs> I stole your this nickel, is, Albert. What are you going to do about fucking it? Fucking Albert. This is the 20s and 30s. <laughs> My I was about to say five dollars. Man would have had three houses in the 30s. <laughs> Just, well, there's a reason I bring up my my uh my forum my forum encounter because. Albert, if anything, was, that was guy a resourceful man. No, I'm just <laughs> he, was, he, he was a that very was resourceful man, and he very much was that guy on the forums because he decided to take his love for his practicing of telepathy, mental telepathy, and his love for UFO, and this sudden resource of 600 people who sort of respect him for some reason because he's part of their club and he's the president. And so he took all of that, put it together, and started having some telepathic experiments with those that he was part of part of his group specifically he would prompt the readers of space review to go home and memorize and silently recite to oneself on a very particular day and on a very particular time a, a message that he more or less wrote out in this magazine his goal was to try and connect with alien life via simultaneous thought projection of hundreds of ifsb members in something that he was hoped to call world contact day i see what you're saying like they all try at the same time and maybe yeah he'd get them there enough. to practice it we're gonna say what he's was what he had them practice here in a minute but yeah he would have them practice it and, and and memorize it and keep it in so that he could do it and so uh 
the IFSB officially preferred calling it C-Day for contact day and would commence at 6 o'clock in the evening Eastern Standard Time on March 15, 1953. The telepathic message said, and I quote, Calling occupants of interplanetary craft. Calling occupants of interplanetary craft. Please jizz on us. Our dogs are ready. Meet us by the water. We will be waiting. <laughs> okay. Calling occupants of interplanetary craft that have been observing our planet, Earth. We of IFSB wish to make contact with you. We are your friends. End quote. I would have done this. All right. I would have done All this. Right. Oh, all right. <laughs> I would have done I it too. I would have done this. <laughs> Absolutely. Age 13, I 14, I would have done this. <laughs> yep. I <laughs> can't begin to tell you. If I was the aliens, and this is, the, if I heard, attention, whatever the hell that message was. Please jizz on I, my boat. <laughs> it was C-Day, Jesse. To me, you, don't you for, no. It was C-Day, March 15th, 1953, 6 o'clock p.m. ESC. 600 voices from planet Earth also, repeat that again, please. Repeat that again. And imagine you're the alien and you hear yeah, this everybody, for the first close time. Your eyes. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Imagine everybody. you're the alien and you hear this. We are whispering want... because our mothers are in the other room. Okay. Here's what you hear. It's in your mind. Here yes. we go. Imagine this is what you hear. You're an alien. Calling occupants of oh interplanetary craft. Calling occupants of interplanetary craft that have been serving our planet, Earth. We of IFSB wish to make contact with you. We are your friends. All right. The first thing you're going to do as an alien is you're going to say, what the hell was that? Then you're going to go Google, space Google, IFSB, realize they have a bunch of weirdo nerds and be like, nah, we good. <laughs> you're going like, nah. to look them up and you're going to be like, like, like Glorbox, are there hot Are there hot earth girls there? Like, no, only depressed earth men. How did they do Hard the reverb thing? That was cool. <laughs> <laughs> Hard pass, Glorbox. Hard pass. Do you want some what of this a space sausage fest? I have some lemon ice in the space fridge. I abducted it from Italy. Oh, damn, Snorp Knock. You have Lindy's homemade Italian ice? It's only That's 100 right, calories per jar. It's the best in the galaxy. It's my favorite. So... It's my favorite lemon ice on the Citadel. It also comes in raspberry and strawberry flavor. Raspberry, that's my favorite, Glorbox. <laughs> Thanks, Snortcock, or whatever his name is. Let's go jizz on some dogs, Snortcock. That sounds like some that sounds like a name you would use in your jailbait assassin group. Snortcock? <laughs> yeah. I can do two at a time, baby. <laughs> Got two nuts. If you're gonna try and communicate with any alien life, you have to assume that they are smarter than you. So for you I to be you like guys. Talking like you're talking to your grandmother. <laughs> Attention, alien life. Nana. Nana. Hungry? Nana. You hungry, <laughs> Nana? Well, it's Nana. actually, honestly, can and if I may take that comedy tangent and warp it into something that's not out of the field of possibility, it could be that it's not even necessarily the message that was the intent, but more of the feeling that is to go along with it a more welcoming one yeah thoughts are that's, 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 yeah. that's like uh, that's like if you heard people say that to you and they were like come on into our home you're welcome in our home we <laughs> but, the people of 330 patterson road welcome you into our home you're welcome to our home would you go in that home you'd be like uh i got stuff maybe to do. I, I okay like now you, now let me now let me lay it out a little bit more now we that, welcome like, you to our home everyone humans of the block come into our home we'd be like mm -mm, no. <laughs> now now pretend that that's just a bunch of like spider monkeys with no weapons that are trying to do that meanwhile you have assault rifles yeah. are you still as scared yes because it'd be like spider monkeys what if the spider monkeys the, i don't want to go to their tree that's boring what if the spider monkeys sent you imagery of spider monkeys and people drinking white claws together and having like cool sex sexy time that then i would be like yo 
I might not be down for the cool, sexy times, but I'd love to drink back. I'd kick back with a spider monkey if you and, like, talk about, like, we'd, we'd, have, right, a few, we'd have a few space claws. Yeah. We'd drink those things. No, no, and then time out. I'd time be out. like, all right, so what's it really like? Like, you're hanging back with your spider monkey girlfriend. Like, <laughs> you freaking? And you'll be like, show no, she don't that he's freaky. I'm just saying, good right? that's that's Show of hands. I need, listen, boys, show of hands. Who would sleep with a hyper-intelligent spider monkey woman who gives you consent? No, What? Does she hold on? Hold on. This is a problem. <laughs> Nobody can see her. Is she hands, still a so spider monkey good. or an anthropomorphic spider monkey that well, looks no, like a human with like No, but okay, like you you got to look at it like this. Like the spider monkeys are just a freaking metaphor for humans and the humans are a metaphor for the aliens. Yeah, yeah but like the aliens, they probably see us like we see spider I just don't monkeys. Think too much and about I wouldn't bang a spider monkey. actual spider monkeys cuz that's not what this well, is about. Well, they're like, "I know, come on, the Hyper, they're like get, they're hyper evolved I spider monkeys. Okay, yeah, they're like. But you both raised your hands, and I question it. Entirely. I was imagining a human I was a, who's as smart as a spider monkey. What? <laughs> what? Dude, I, I was just trying to make it more make more sense because I I'm not trying to think. Oh, that makes it less. It's sense. not like you want to you want to you want to bang a woman who's just like. <laughs> no, we're just not actually talking about spider monkeys, and so I was trying to not. Think about copulating with the, the hangover enough, monkey. You're trying to put, but but you got to put yourself in the alien. That's mindset. what I'm trying to do. Jesse's that's saying, all I'm saying. That the aliens and I'm see saying us the as aliens monkeys. don't want anything to do with. If they look, if they saw us, they were true. like, if you were to "We believe want that... to welcome you to our sex party." No, but... Aliens would be like, "Dirty ass humans." But... No, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we're worth breeding. Who knows, dude? No, we're not. Have you seen us? We are gross, we're very, dude. Yeah, but we're like super sexual. So okay, like, but how long? You know, you can get some of that chunk of chunk of good seed, like a lot. How long after no, C Day? Aliens don't want that. How long after C Day did the Men in Black show up? Then <laughs> did it work or not? Well, last last bet. Last, well, let's talk. Uh, last tidbit of fun, a fun tidbit of information. Those very lyrics that I was just saying, that very line actually worked its way in, into Canadian progressive rock band Klaatu's uh, uh, haunting anthem. Uh, by the same name, I think. Klaatu. Um, <laughs> that's that's well, that was the progressive rock band yeah, name. Was so they're already fans of. Sci-fi. Uh, yeah, yeah, obviously. Yeah. So, unsurprisingly, things didn't turn out so good for Bender after that. Prior to that message, he had reported, or at least he claims that there was uh, kind of a weird, uncomfortable feeling in his attic, uh, kind of a funky smell. I'm partial to believe it's because he decked out his attic in like a weird, gross, like haunted house style. And it might be maybe, like you said, the fake eyeballs. He forgot about them, but he said such. The asbestos, you know. The asbestos of the 50s, all that good stuff. But after that message, it only got much, much but much for worse. Who? That's the question. Him, for him. Exactly. So the other people who were in on the chant. They what went about their daily lives and everything was fine. Well, but if you look, well, if you okay, right? Like if you get a, if you get a message from the IFSB and you, go to the president, yeah, you go to the boss. You take you've head cut the, the you cut the head off the snake. What do you got? You got a dead snake body. You can cook that. You can eat that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah but wouldn't you? But if I was an alien and I had to deal with a whole group, I wouldn't stop at just the boss and be like. Another could take over. Yes, Glorknock, we must defeat them. I, w- I would go to every single one and be like, you don't want to do this. I am a man in black. True, but you think of it this way. If uh, all the other people don't get any visitations and nothing happens, then they'll just think it failed. Right. This is, oh, I hate this. I hate this <laughs> argument logic. Is that saying. like, my stone keeps tigers away. Do you see any tigers? <laughs> this is what this oh, is. Listen. This is what these. This is what this argument is, and I hate it. But you'll never I hate know it which I can't is true. fight it because it's gibberish. You will. You'll yeah, never know it. which is true. You know. You know. You can at least point to scientific evidence and the reason to say the reason you're not getting attacked by tigers because there's no fucking tigers that live in goddamn like for me Boston. There's no tigers that live out here. Of course it's gonna work. This bottle Boston of water Zoo, that I bought today checkmate. is my anti-tiger <laughs> perspirant. And just yeah, <laughs> yeah. The Boston Zoo broke checkmate. out. So. Uh, continuing on, things got much, much worse. That's when the phone calls began with silence, sometimes garbled noises. Sometimes it sounded like somebody was talking, but he couldn't understand what they were saying. The stench got worse. The smell of sulfur was persistent. He was also apparently ordered telepathically to cease delving into matters that were not his concern. A yellow mist even at one point gathered in the attic. Completely scary. this is him. him saying to his subjects, like... Oh, we really did. Sure, aliens didn't arrive on C-Day, okay, so, 
But boy, the men in black are after keep, me, so we must have done something. Keep in mind, these details didn't come out until nine years later. Yeah, he refused to talk about it. He stopped talking about it. He just shut up. Uh, in, in July of 1953, he just he shut it down. Because was that was... C-Day? Uh, uh, that was in March. March 15th. So it got till July. And remember, and the magazine he was reaching out to... March and July with his group? Rotten Eggs? Well, he, the, the magazine he reached out to was only quarterly. It wasn't monthly. Okay. So there wasn't another issue. Right? Yeah, there wasn't. So what ended up happening is after all that stuff, in July of 53, that's when he was visited by three men. After all the strange phone calls, this weird smell, the yellow smoke. But he had planned on putting out another issue? He did, and we're going to get to that. Uh, Bender had actually, continuing on... Uh, but the three men, he described them as dressed in black clothes. They looked like clergymen, but wore hats similar to the Hamburg style. Humberg. Which is that what the hat is in in his drawing? Is that the Hamburg style of hat? Let me see. Uh, do you think it's kind of like a, a? Yeah, it's the it's the curled up brim like fedora. Yeah. Okay, so it's the same hat in the art. Gotcha. It looks like a fedora, like if a if a fedora and a cowboy hat had sex with each other. Yeah, Heisenberg. yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Hum, hum, Hamburg. 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 Either way, when they were, when they arrived, the three of them, and he made it clear that the men in black, as far as he understood, always arrived in threes, which ends up not being true for later uh, circumstances. They made it very clear to him that he needs to immediately stop all UFO work completely. Cease himself. Cease, cease looking deeper. Steep, cease trying to make contact and just stop. They telepathically communicated him to stop publishing. And before they left, they confiscated copies of the Space Review, the magazine that it was using to communicate. And in their wake, a yellow fog once again materialized upstairs in his attic on 784 Broad Street. The vile odor of sulfur wafted through the attic, and unnerved by their otherworldly presence, he shuddered that he was scared to death and was unable to eat for days afterward. Beyond that, Bender, in the July issue... That came out before this encounter. He said in the July issue that he, in the following issue, had a startling revelation to share with everybody. Then the encounter happened. And then after that, nobody would ever get to learn that startling revelation because he shut down the I, uh, the IFSB completely. And only when he was ever asked why, he said, as I said in the beginning of this episode, because of the higher powers and left it at that for nine years. So he had really nothing to gain he didn't gain anything. Yeah. He gained nothing from this. He had a cool club where he was the cool dude. He and then he had some encounters supposedly. Obviously this is all very uh supposed. And then afterward uh he, when he shut it down, it was done and he never never pursued yeah, but it really you don't ever think again. That this is one of those things where you you claim something and then because it fails dramatically, mm-hmm. you're like oh, bye, right? I <laughs> It seems like him saying, I write a quarterly newsletter and I try to get someone to do something and it didn't, nothing happened. I'm, I, I need to get out of here. And then later on throughout his life, people are like, why, why'd you do that? What happened? What's going on? And finally he was like, men in black showed up and they harassed me. Well, I mean, I don't <laughs> right? know. I don't know. Right. Like this guy's story came out, what, three years later? No, nine years later. No. Uh, the, the Gary, uh. Oh, yeah, three years after his first book. So that book came out in the 70s? So it's a story he's been told. So Barker, Barker, the 70s wasn't his first book. Barker's first book was 1956, the, the, the saucer book. Then three years later, he wrote about 50, uh, another saucer book, uh, another saucer book fully about uh, Bender. And that's in 59. And then, yeah, and then in the 70s is when he okay. wrote about... So there was six years before... Before the first, yes, there were six years before that, and then nine years before a story was made. Yeah, clear. so so that was so we're talking fifteen years, or are we talking three more years after the book came out until he told his story? Uh so so okay, so from the events, he the encounter was in nineteen fifty three. Yes. Then in uh oh, am I am I mixing? Am I telling you the the wrong date? I just want to make sure because I think I like. If if the dude if Wagner what's his name Gary Wagner now you've got me all confused uh, Gary, Gary Barker. Barker if Barker heard it that many years before and was able to put out a book 
it's weird that well he he would wait so, so long if it was like him trying to gain off of it by sharing the story. Well, the the reason he had heard about it is because, and we can actually go back and retrace this our very selves, uh, is that the his initial encounters he reported to the newspaper, and apparently following reporting it to the newspaper, he got massive migraines and was once again warned to stop. In fifty three, and that's when he, sh and that's when he shut up. Uh, yeah, correct. So there is um, record so you can of actually, him actually claiming this to have happened at the time. Yeah, in the Herald. You can actually read it in the Herald. See, cause see that's what that's what's interesting to me about it. Yep. He he uh, uh into, the the uh, the journalist rather uh whose name was um hang on I have this written down. Uh yeah yeah there it is. Um Lem McCollum. Okay. Uh he he described what uh, the way he heard it from him, his personal explanation of the description he heard was "quote unquote" government officials. It sounded like government officials to to the to the reporter. Uh, apparently, they flashed. They end up flashing like badges at him, but fast enough that he didn't know what the hell they were, and he just kind of through intimidation and just in in forced, the original just three minute it. encounter. You mean they flash badges? Yes, yes. In 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 the, the the encounter that that he had with those three men in black, they flashed a badge, walked in. Gave the warnings. He reported to the magazine. Had headaches. Shut up about it. Didn't talk about it until uh, the book. See, later that's on. why it's so interesting to me, right? Like, if he really did this for attention, right? He goes to the newspaper. Mm -hmm. Nothing comes of it. Six years later, a guy Th writes a book about it. Three years later, I was off a little bit. Three years later, a guy writes a book about it. Six years later is when his story okay, is yeah. officially. So penned. three years later, the guy writes the book about it. The guy doesn't mm -hmm. talk about this guy at all, right? In the book, in the first book. Yep. It's just like an yeah no he he makes up his own story and uses his encounter as the basis for his. So he men really and black told him about the story, right? At the very yes. least, just be based after after a lot of prodding, he didn't open up right but away. But based on like I mean, you look at the newspaper story and you look at the story that was written in the fake book about it, and they're similar mm -hmm. enough that this guy probably actually told this guy the story, and then yep. even then he didn't try and capitalize on it. Correct. And then after all of that, he actually ended up Albert Bender. Departed Bridgeport completely. Went to California three years after the public after publishing his own autobiography, which didn't do very well. And he passed away not too long ago in 2016 at the age of 94. When did the biography come out? Oh God, fuck! I don't have his. I don't like have his recently? biography on like hand. Like more recently? Uh, I gotta look. I gotta look. I don't know that off the top of my head because I didn't deem it terribly important. Maybe I should have. No, I just mean like. I'm trying to get a sense of this guy's like Albert. made a career out of this type of being Albert Bender or not. Mm hmm. It just seems weird that so much time went by of this story being a That's... thing before he tried to make a big deal out of it. Which to me, there's a lot that doesn't make sense. Which here. to me, like, makes it seem a little bit more realistic and believable to me. Basically, that's where the Albert Bender story ends, too. Because after all the stuff, after the book comes out, he just goes and lives a normal life for the most part and then just dies an old man he stays out of the the biggest spotlight for the you know he doesn't really do much i'm looking at this i want to see this autobiography i want to see when he Actually, wrote it because i'm interested albert k bender legacy holy shit to get this book, the physical book, one of the original prints of Flying Saucers and the Three Men. Oh, it must be Flying Saucers and the Three Men they're talking about. So that was literally the only book that he wrote. Yeah. Which was which was written with Barker. Yeah. Fifteen hundred dollars for a, this this copy. Jesus. Fifteen hundred dollars for it today because it's like the because it comes with signed original photograph and two signed and letters. And it's the Men in Black story. And dude, then. on the Wikipedia of his of Albert K. Bender, there's a actual a, a sketch that he did himself of the Men in Black, so you can actually see it. Oh, really? Oh, shit. Yeah, right at the bottom. It looks like a drawing from, like, a Sufjan Stevens album. <laughs> see that there? If you just scroll to the bottom of the page. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just getting back onto the there's page. There's even the... Oh, yeah, yeah, There's yeah. even, I think, the mm, article? That's cool. Oh, yeah, there it is, right there. The, oh, no, this is a later article. Don't be afraid, darling. It's Bender. Doesn't look like a creep, but you should see his room. Oh, that's talking about the Chamber of Horrors that we covered right there. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, this is 52. Yeah. Like I said, it's 52 to 53 when the encounter happens, and then afterwards, it's just... Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, I, it, it just seems... It just seems interesting to me that he would have all these things happen to him and not really try and capitalize off it beyond doing this, but... 
yeah, it doesn't really say that he did anything else. Right. He founded wait, so he that, founded the Max Steiner Music Society in 1965, which was joined by John Wayne and Fred Astaire and Vincent Price. See, I didn't I didn't get to that part of his life. I just did the UFO so, yeah, part he, of his life. He totally life just went on to just have like a totally yeah, non he just lived a life. life. Exactly. Which is why Yeah, go ahead, Jesse. Again, which is why it seems like a scam to me. What do you mean? Because everything I'm reading about well, everything I'm reading about this guy is that it seems like this was a I'm trying to get money slash rich slash famous. And this seems like a good way to do Like, you know, there are people out there who target gullible people. Well, it seems like he had and the story for almost 10 years and he didn't do anything with it besides tell it to a few people. You know what I mean? Well, I feel like during that time period, over the course of that 10 years, you can easily say that he ran from one thing and then tried to do something else. I don't know what he did during that 10 years. He, he and, stayed He stayed chief timekeeper the whole time. He was just, that was his whole job, like the whole first part of his he life. He chief, yeah, that's pretty much what all he did during that time. I mean, I don't know. I would I would associate yeah. it with uh, the idea that he then became famous and got and, what he wanted. And, and just as another tangential kind of just point, like he eventually married Betty Rose the following year. And she, too, claims to have been visited by supernatural alien personages as well. But but that's the point of it. We can't, like, you look back at Bender and you can see things that are, like, really fishy and kind of weird and just, like, sketchy. But then you kind of, the whole picture, like, just, was his goal to, like, make a story? This is why this, I, I found this important and worth doing, like, episode one on because this is where it all comes from. The Men in Black start here. And whether you believe him or not, will heavily inform whether you believe when we talk about what the theories are, what they tend to do in the final episode next time. The reason time. I love this stuff so much is because it requires about as much faith as, like, religion. And yeah. it's, yeah. In, yeah. And it's <laughs> yeah. interesting because, like, it's it's kind of it kind of is, like, the same thing as a religion in a way. Like, you have to learn all the little stories it's like you know like basically what yeah. we're doing is we're like learning the bible part we're like taking the catechism right now you're like you're kind yep. of like the alien priest you know i'm imagining <laughs> guiding you through the yeah, nonsense like I, it's it's funny because i feel like it's the same thing it's like we're trying to explain something and you know people have all these stories and i mean at the very least it's interesting right like people always say these things like help them find purpose in life regardless of whether or not they're true but i think I think that even I think if they are true, that's like the trap of it is that it's like it's hard to it's hard to swallow something so impossible. And and, and at the very least, even if even if you don't buy into it 100 percent, it sure is interesting. There's so many people out there who are all saying the same thing. You know what I mean? It's yeah, a remarkable yeah. thing. It's just it's fun. But it's not just fun. It's and like it's, it makes you think like. No, yeah, of course. But that's what's what what's what makes it fun to me is like it, it just it challenges you. Even if you don't believe in it, it forces you to think about some things. And it's really fun. And it's an enjoyable it's it's all about the thought. Whether I believe in this shit or not, listen, me starting this podcast, I feel like that's the nail in the coffin for my abduction chances. So I'm probably not gonna get abducted. They don't want me to tell the story. You no, know what I mean? But like it seems like everyone who has a thing about aliens, they're the ones that get abducted. Like the ones who true, like I believe, are the ones who end up getting abducted. No, but Betty, like Betty and Barney Hill, like we'll talk about them in much more detail one day. They were nobodies. That I, that's a they good were story. Nobody. Uh, all right. Well, how about this? When does this podcast go out? Yeah. This is going up tonight or tomorrow. So the to the second of February, the third, depending on so where you live. So how about on probably. February fifth at uh, nine p.m. <laughs> nine p.m. Pacific time, you know, midnight East Coast, you know, the witching hour or something like that, something close to it. You know, like, what if we all just think about the, the aliens. aliens? We have to have a mantra. All right, I'm going to write out a mantra. You guys right. can wrap up the show. I'll write out a mantra okay. for us. Well, as, as Jesse finishes that up, I, I'm very I'm very excited to return to the world of aliens. So thank you all for coming along with me on this, in this ride. I love this world. It's just a wild, wild, wild place. And it's only going to get fucking weirder next episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if you want to ever reach out to us, you know, talk to us, leave leave suggestions. Illuminati Pod subreddit is the best place to go do that. It's always filling with new stories every day from UFO encounters to ghosts to all kinds of stuff. Uh, and if you want to reach out to us personally on Twitter, I am at Mathis Games on Twitter. Alex is at Fasian AA and Jesse is at Jesse Cox. And the podcast itself has a Twitter, Illuminati Pod. 
I hope you I hope you enjoyed this, Alex. I, did I say anything? I, I, for you, I know for Jesse, there's like a lot that he learned or didn't didn't know. But did you know most of this? I know about Albert Bender and the Men in Black story. I've heard it before. I know about the Men in Black. But this is yeah. the first time that I ever knew about the element of Albert K. Bender being like a total like, you know, 50s like, nerd. Yeah, he goes to like the like <laughs> he buys the like he goes to like the necromance store and buys the like <laughs> stuffed jackalope and puts it in his menagerie and like likes to have people come over and vibe out on weird stuff. That makes this story so much more interesting to me because that's like a because he's he's a person. You get like that relatable person. You you can see yourself. He's in literally him. like the main character of a movie about a guy who, you know, goes to goes and has like a crazy alien encounter. He's like the exact guy you want it to happen to. Yeah, sorry, you were lagging super hard there. <laughs> you you froze. And oh, then... I was just saying it, it, he's the exact guy that you would want like this type of story to happen to in a movie. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. 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 The guy you want to root for the underdog, the nerd who's too shy and keeps it to himself, but he's got like hyper interest. It's good stuff. Jesse, how long is this fucking mantra, homie? Uh, sorry. I have to repeat stuff. I'm ready. You guys are just talking. All right. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah. Drop it into the, uh, okay. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll, I'll like, say, copy I'll paste it. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. I'll I want to copy it. So it's in the description. That's of the for, podcast. yeah, that's for the, sure, that's sure, for sure. the people at home. Right. Uh-huh. Attention, extraterrestrial beings watching mankind. Attention, extraterrestrial beings watching mankind. We don't want trouble. We don't want trouble. We will, however, take a ride in your cool ship, though. Also, are you DTF? <laughs> that's, our, that's our mantra. Just smell? say that over Hang and on. over again. That sulfur? No. <laughs> also. No. Oh, no, it's just my I, I kid you not, my grandma put two hard-boiled eggs in the microwave for two minutes the other day. <laughs> she she never oh, had no. a hard boiled egg like just like wasn't in her like wheelhouse, and uh, my my uncle and aunt are like living there while they moved to like their, their beautiful house in wine country, so she like grabbed two hard boiled eggs out of the fridge and just chucked them in uh, in the microwave and they just exploded, smelled like shit. Oh my god! Uh, I can hold that. The other day I got chicken I got chicken wings that were uh, uh, Kirby and jerk chicken. And I put them in the microwave for a little too long, and I gassed myself. You like pepper spray? Oh, I started oh, coughing. God. I started coughing violently, <laughs> and I pulled them out of the microwave, and it was like it got in my face, and I was like, <laughs> like violently coughing. I was so sick the whole day; my nose wouldn't stop running. I was done. So, so um, you know, don't don't do that, kids. Lesson and learned, guys. On February fifth. At 9, 9 p.m. p.m. At 9 p.m. Uh, PST. PST. We're all going to say the message that is in the description of this podcast, and it is going to be called C-Day, but in this case, the C-Day stands for Chiluminati. Or, Hell or you yeah, know what? brother. It. it stands for come. Okay? And you guys can think about that <laughs> as much as you want or as little as you want. And I'm sorry to everybody who got their parents to listen to this show uh, because of how gross this episode was. <laughs> <laughs> they made you. They know what's That's up. That's right. They made yeah, they, you. They, come on. This is not. This is not a children's podcast. And for everybody. every gross, there's for the, every there's gross the thing, thing we said, there was at least one delicious it. recommendation for a light snack that tastes delicious and is fresh and homemade, and that is Lindy's Italian lemon ice. Yeah, Lindy's get Italian. At, lemon get at your grocery store. It's great. <laughs> and sponsor us. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back soon with more Chiluminati. We'll hear you on C Day. Goodbye. No, we won't. What are you talking about? <laughs> That's not going to happen.